Hi, welcome to the Big Commerce Podcast. Hello, welcome to a brand new episode of the Big Commerce Podcast. I'm your host, Luigi. And in today's episode, I'm joined by James Bright from Avalara. Avalara is a tax management solution and partners with many platforms, including Big Commerce. And in today's episode, we talk about the importance of a tax strategy um, some of the common pitfalls that merchants can come into when expanding internationally and why a solution like Avalara can really help your business as it thrives and grows. Hope you enjoy the show. Hi, James. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Luigi. Thanks for having me. Are you enjoying our wet weather here? Yeah, we were just saying that it's, uh, it's becoming a recurring theme now. It's the, the story of the summer, so hopefully it's going to pick up soon. Yeah, but I think I remember the year of the Olympics. It was like a rainy year, so we do kind of. I don't know. I'm not a meteorologist or anyone that takes interest in the weather, but I think we must have these ebb and flows where it's just going to be a washout. Yeah, and to be honest, um, people will hate me for saying this, but I prefer this to the, the scorching heat wave that we had last year because working from home some of the week, it's uncomfortable. Got a young family. My dog hates it. And so on. So, yeah, I'll moan about the weather outside, but it's actually okay for me. Yeah, well, I guess we have to we have to pause for a second for our our clients and partners in the south of Europe who are kind of like you. You yeah. haven't got a clue. Yeah, um, exactly. So, uh, look, James, thanks for taking time to come onto the um, podcast. Um, you're from Avalara. Why don't you just introduce yourself and the company that uh, you work for? Yeah, sure. So, my name is James Brightner. Partnerships Manager at Avalara. I've been working for the company for around three and a half years now. Um, started off on the, uh, the sales side of things uh, and didn't have a tax background, but learned a lot very quickly. Uh, and then, yeah, sort of found my way into a partnerships role after about 18 months. And that's primarily focused on e-commerce, which I enjoy very much. So. Yeah, the company itself has been going for near on 20 years now and uh, was founded in the US all with the, the goal of simplifying US sales tax. But now we've grown to become a global company and now focus on transactional taxes such as GAT, GST and customs duties and all, all that fun stuff. So, yeah, that's me and the company. Which I guess kind of in, in the age of kind of cross-border trading and international commerce is really important because kind of tax, I guess, is one of the few constants that pretty much every country is going to um, ask you to, to comply with. Um, and kind of going back to the original objective of simplifying US tax management, I mean, I've spoken with merchants numerous times in the US about tax management for different states. And it's just uh, it's just incredible how complex it can become and the responsibilities that the merchants in the US have in terms of reporting and so on. Yeah, it really is. Um the U.S. is probably the most complex tax regime in the world when it comes to the sheer amount of tax jurisdictions it has and the sheer amount of tax rates that it has. And that really makes it very difficult for a merchant to get the right tax treatment on an invoice. So, yeah, that's how the company was founded, really. Uh, so I suppose we've got something to be thankful for. We've built a business to be able to solve that challenge. But... Um, yeah, once you've calculated the tax, then of course it's it's filing it, and you know, in different states, there's different ways to file 
the taxes. Some prefer it monthly, some prefer it quarterly. Yeah, so no two states are the same is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I mean, I guess it might put you out of business, but really, if they just got rid of tax altogether, the world would be a much simpler place. So. Yeah, we wouldn't have much to talk about, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and um, whilst tax is a very dry subject, it's it's obviously tied to, um, you know, a necessary part of a, of a merchant strategy because, you know, if you don't address it in the early stages, then it, it can become a problem. But yeah, obviously, we want to, make that as easy as possible well look, let's try and make tax management as sexy as possible in the next half hour um, <laughs> so good. fundamentally you started off in the u.s with the objective of simplifying um tax management for merchants yeah. so what's i guess the methodology behind that um you know how avalara approaches tax management for uh, for econ merchants predominantly yeah sure so i mean we break it down into sort of three key areas, and I call them the three pillars of compliance. So we'll help a merchant understand where they need to register for tax and help them complete the, the process as required. We'll also help them calculate tax uh, at the point of transaction, you know, whatever channel that's happening on, if it's in their ERP or on their e-commerce platform. Uh, and then the third pillar is filing the tax, you know, wherever they have that tax obligation, we will help them submit the tax uh, on time and correctly to the uh, the relevant authorities. So I kind of just use that three pillar approach just to simplify what is overall quite a complex process. So it's really kind of from an A to Z perspective, somebody saying, right, I want to expand either internationally or if they're in the US and I want to start selling kind of cross, cross state and so on, yeah. they can really start that journey with you because you'll be able to kind of tell them this is what you need to be doing. And then once they've registered and, and done all the necessary paperwork, you can then make sure that they sell complying to, to tax laws. And then the reporting side of things on the various intervals, you said, whether it's monthly or quarterly uh, to the different states, you help with that as well. So really from a merchant's perspective, you really do support them in a tax management role. Rather yeah, absolutely. And, and, and whilst we're first and foremost a tax technology company, I mean, to work at Avalara, you obviously have to know about tax and our account management team and um, analysts are, are all experts in what they do. And they're on hand to be able to help merchants as and when they have questions. And obviously, we're there to make merchants aware of changes in legislation and, and put things on their radar so that you know, they're proactive with tax and not having to react to a to a negative tax situation. So, yeah, it's a combination of services, human input and, and solutions in order to, to make compliance manageable for the merchant. I know kind of when I get asked questions by merchants around tax, like my answer is just like Avalara. I'm not even getting into it, just Avalara. Because, I mean, we had that a few years back with the one-stop shop where yeah. kind of like you say, changes to legislation, it's stuff that... I cannot become like a tax expert or even not even an expert, but just somebody that starts understanding tax changes in different jurisdictions and so on. So really also from our perspective, it's great because it means that we've got a, an expert, like a, an expert partner that can take that burden off us and say, right, we'll take you from here. We'll, you know, we'll advise and we'll make sure that everything's kept up to date and compliant because you must've seen in the last few years, a big uptake, um, in terms of um, merchants that increase the cross border, I mean, obviously with Brexit, there was a people that took a step back, others that kind of took a step forward. So I don't know if it if it kind of netted itself out, but 
we get a lot more requests from merchants looking to do that cross-border trade and you know understanding what are the tax implications for them yeah i, I mean and that's a really good example of how how closely we work with partners i mean avalara is a is a partner first organization i mean all of our partners whether they're a technology partner like big commerce or shopify for example or whether they're an agency partner um they're often better placed than we are to identify a risk to their merchant's business. And by having that relationship means that, you know, agencies like yourself can, can consult with us firsthand and then in, engage with us and the merchant in conversation as and when required. So yeah, working with partners is really important to us. And as you said, as those, um, those situations present themselves, such as Brexit, you know, we're on hand to be able to see, deliver the content to drive awareness, but also have a conversation with these merchants and, and figure out the best way for them to, to handle their compliance. And, and just to touch briefly on Brexit, I mean, that's one of those things where it, um, it created a lot of um, additional interest for us, which was great, but at the same time led to a very busy period for us. And mm -hmm. yeah, you're right to say some merchants took a step back. They didn't want to deal with it. Others had to, had to get on with it and ultimately address it head on. So, um, yeah, as, as and when these legislative changes come in from governments and so on, you know, it's, it was at one hand, it's good for us. At the same time, you know, it's difficult for merchants and we understand that. So, you know, we want to work with merchants and partners to, to obviously be on hand as and when it's needed. Yeah, I don't know how many kind of webinars I binged on um, during <laughs> yeah. that period with uh, with Avalara and, and various trade organisations to to understand it because it's yeah. it's just not possible <laughs> to to kind of stay you know stay up to date with all the various changes in and you know we're we're a global agency so we work with merchants throughout Europe throughout um, well in North America USA and Canada and it's just not possible for us to kind of keep up to date with with tax legislations there you, you obviously kind of sit further up the the food chain I guess where we are so we work with obviously our set of um, of merchants and you work with platforms that have their agencies that have their merchants so you obviously have a wider uh, net of merchants that um, that you work with do you see some kind of commonality around the challenges that merchants face trying to kind of grow their cross-border international commerce business? Yeah, I mean, it, the beauty about it is at Avalara, you're, you're presented with many different types of scenarios on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, if we're dealing with a software company, their needs are very different to an e-commerce merchant. The legislation of different governments will affect them in different ways. Um, but the commonality is that a lot of the time it's awareness. You know, we, we, we speak to companies who are of a size where you think they probably know better, but in fact, they've gone into growth mode overnight. And guess what? They're, they're now only addressing the, uh, the tax situation in the way that they want to. So I would say that, you know, awareness is, is something that we spend a lot of uh, our time you know, working with partners and merchants, helping them understand, you know, what they should be doing from a compliance perspective. Um, like I said, we like to simplify it by focusing on registration, calculation and filing, but often, you know, the starting point for a merchant is difficult to understand, you know, where should I register? Where should I take that first step? And you touched on there saying kind of, you know, you've got merchants that have had that 
kind of hyper growth or at least some some decent growth and so you work with both both kind of you know i guess startups and smbs but also enterprise merchants to help them with their tax uh, tax uh, management do you find that um th- th- does the process of tax management change as a business scales like do you find that there are different complexities or different uh, i mean i guess even to answer my question when you start looking at merchants that have maybe um stock in different parts of of europe and so on and what what effect that has on on tax calculation depending where that stock goes yes now often the size of a business does not match the complexity of their tax profile and vice versa so it will depend and that's why i say kind of every scenario that you view uh, on this side of the fence at Avalar is always quite interesting. And, and to sort of answer your question, the complexity is driven by a, a number of key things. And, and, and location of stock is a really good example. You know, that's going to, in most instances, trigger a tax obligation by holding stock in a, in a, in a warehouse in a country. Um, and that might just translate into a very simple, straightforward conversation with us where we help them with the registration side of things and they're actually able to leverage the, the content, the tax content within their e-com platform, for example. But if their key market is the US or they're selling high-value items that are exposed to customs duties, then, you know, that creates complexity and that's when the tax engine is needed and, you know, that's when they want to maybe talk to us about calculating tax and getting it accurate so that they're compliant and you know that leads to a better uh, customer experience if you're able to present customs duties for, for international invoices so the size of the, the company does not always match the complexity of their their tax profile not just i guess when when a business grows and its complexity changes but like we also touched on the the jurisdictions change and so on how do you because fundamentally you're a product company so you, you have a SaaS mm-hmm. product which which allows for tax management and calculation but i guess how does avalara make sure that its customers are up to date with what's going on or making sure that they're not um you know doing the same thing they've always done just not aware that their obligations have maybe changed yeah sure so we, we'll do that in a number of ways and obviously it starts with communicating with our customers so you know if you're if you're you know, leveraging an Avalara solution, then, you know, you are going to be uh, in the care of an account manager who will have, you know, regular check-ins with you and obviously discuss your setup, countries in focus, and will be able to uh, put any legislative changes on your on your radar and, and, and help you with steps accordingly. Um, and from there, you, you, you know, we have publications such as monthly maintenance guides that will inform our customers about tax rate changes and things like that. The good news is most of the time they're too busy to look at that type of information. Mm. They're getting on with the day-to-day and obviously that content is automatically updated in our solution set. So our merchants don't really have to worry about it. But should they get queried by a customer or a tax notice, then, you know, that information is available. So, yeah, we, we have to work with them in, in those ways um, to ensure that they they know where the answers are if they need them. But at the same time, we don't have to think about them all the time because, like I say, it's 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 our you know ever-growing product content team 
it's on them to ensure that our solutions have all the, uh, you know, the relevant tax rates and logic up to date so that, you know, really our, our merchants don't have to worry about it. So, so next time somebody gets an email from Avalara or a uh, or a phone call, it's you take note because there's something important there that might help you further down the line. Yeah, usually or, you know, maybe, maybe we're just inviting them to one of our events or something like that, and, you know, but yeah. You know, government legislation, you know, drives a lot of communication for us. And, you know, I guess that's a good thing. It's always good to be able to be in touch with your customers on a regular basis. And, yeah, a lot of the time it's not really going to be relevant for them unless it's a, a country of focus. And like I say, you know, we make sure that everything's up to date in our solutions so that the, you know, the merchant's not really having to think about that on a day-to-day. So as we said earlier, kind of... Um we get a lot of requests when we speak to merchants that are looking at that cross-border opportunity, whether it's because they, they're leveraging like a multi-storefront solution that says, look, you know, I can I can now translate my website into another language or, or push it into another region, um, or they're just looking at expanding um, as part of their as part of their strategy. Um, and we've seen that international um, cross-border trade change a lot, certainly from the UK after and Brexit, where we actually had a lot of, you saw merchants in the European Union not wanting to sell into the UK anymore because actually trying to get the stock back was going to be an issue. And it's probably cheaper to destroy it than actually have it sent back, which obviously from a sustainability perspective um, is not um, is not good. So, as I said, we're seeing kind of a lot of a lot of those um, those changes. Um, how do you help? Predominantly, how do you help merchants who are looking to be able to have as smooth of a expansion internationally as possible without, you know, kind of having to spend 80% of their time on 20% of their operation, which might just be around tax and um, and kind of legal complications from, from moving stock around? Yeah, sure. I think, you know, with any complex area of business, you know, companies look to automate it and the large degree of what we offer is is a form of automation for the compliance process so like anything it takes a bit of work to get things set up you know implementing any sort of tech you know there's a there's the initial steps that have to be taken but once once the right process is in place it's going to offer something that's going to be scalable so expanding into further regions is, is not really going to be too too much of a burden and you know once you're engaged you know as a customer for example you'll have access to the right people at Avalara who can who can guide you on you know how to get registered in a new country or you know how to add in tax collection using uh, Avatax as an example and how to add in tax filing in a particular country or jurisdiction so yeah, we look to automate as much as we can. We are a tax technology company, you know, product first company, and um, yeah, it's like I think any any complex area of business, it's just try and automate as much as you can so that you can focus elsewhere. So there's a lot of investment needs to go in in terms of time at the beginning to make sure that the platform's set up to be able to manage the tax calculation side of things. And then really once that's done, customers can kind of continue growing their business, adding on products, selling to different markets, knowing that Avalara, having been integrated correctly and being updated by your 
your your tech platform anyway um just allows them to focus on uh, on the sales and the marketing and, and the product development rather than actually having to worry about the tax calculation in, in different you know if they get an order from france hypothetically and it's maybe their first order if they've got avalara set up correctly and knowing they're going to expand into the eu that country should in essence be set up and they should have the confidence to say that orders come in that person's paid the right you know or we've collected the right amount of tax uh, depending on the setup or, or they're going to pay the, the, the right amount of tax and really focus on um, on that rather than i guess worrying that well now we've got an order from uh sweden so you know do we need to check if the tax calculation was done correctly kind of really making that the effort at the beginning to make sure that avalara is integrated correctly that's set up correctly um to your to your needs then gives it a peace of mind to say right that we can put to bed because it's been looked after it's ticking over and we can then focus on um on on, on growing the business yeah a ticking over is is a good way to put it to a to a degree uh, i'll say working with us is a good chance to learn and also a good good chance to ensure that tax is part of your strategy going forwards so you know take that scenario of selling to france you know working with us you're going to be exposed to conversations around hs codes for example you know the importance of having your goods correctly classified so that they can move through customs um, have the correct duty treatment applied and so on so whilst we're automating a lot of things like i say working with the personnel here at avalara is going to you know give give a, a merchant more confidence in, in how to approach tax and incorporate as part of their strategy rather than potentially run away from it and see it as something that's uh, incredibly complex so, so let's touch on that kind of the tax strategy so from a, what is i guess trying to kind of uh, you know trying to kind of you know um compartmentalize a um, um a tax strategy for a merchant so Maybe a UK-based merchant who is looking to expand into the EU, so that includes Ireland, obviously, and mainland Europe. And um, what would their what would an ideal tax strategy for them look like? Yeah, because chances are they're probably not doing it today. They're probably not thinking, "I've I've got a really good tax strategy for my international growth." Yeah, look, I, I mean, that's a that's a really good example because you know that merchant may or may not be aware of some of the VAT simplifications that came in in uh, June 21, which is the FIOS scheme, the import one-stop shop. So previously, you know, you would have to register in all of the um, EU countries where you either hit a threshold or held stock, for example. But now under IOS, you can register in one country and collect VAT in all of them in all of the countries, all, all of the states of the EU, and um, you can submit the tax collected using that one form in that one country. So it's a simplification now. It's a simpler process to file VAT in the EU, provided you're aware of the scheme and that you've got a partner to be able to take you through it. So I mean, that's a really good example of thinking, all right, so Brexit made eu vat really complex however off the back of that the the eu vat simplifications such as ios have actually created a process that merchants can leverage now so 
you know, again, that, that keeps our VAT team incredibly busy. As merchants who want to expand into the EU, but don't want to have to have multiple registrations, for example. So, you know, a, a system like IOS is, is a good place to start. I don't know how many people I've spoken to who I think confidently believe they understand tax laws and they're not tax lawyers. I certainly, you know, don't claim to be an expert on on international tax law. And so I've I've heard different sides of the same argument and so on and and varying kind of conflicting um, opinions. What's one, and you've seen it from from your perspective, so with specifically cross-border sales tax, do you have like a misconception that maybe either you come across a lot or, you know, within Avalara, it's, it's a known thing that merchants have misunderstood a particular uh, process or law or whatever it is around uh, cross-border sales when it comes to sales tax? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you know, a sales tax or a transactional tax in general, um, maybe a misconception is or lack of awareness of or how it can affect the customer experience. So, a lot of merchants come to us who want to sell on a DDP basis, which means uh, delivery duty paid. They want to move away from a model uh, known as DAP, which is delivered at place. And what so, sorry, just quickly to, 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 to understand that one, it's, it's basically who covers the tax on that yeah, shipment. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. The merchant so or the customer. Merchants who want to take that obligation. Um, into their process and make it a better experience for the merchant, you, you know, that, that's an area that, you know, if addressed can actually lead to an increase in sales. If you're creating a better buyer experience for customers overseas, then there's going to be less friction. And you know, when the duties are paid up front, the goods move through customs easier, there's less delays. And overall, the, the actual customer will be able to see the fully landed cost of the transaction, they'll be able to see fully transparent pricing, which is, you know, the tax calculation is part of that. So that's why it's important. So I'd say, you know, in my time at Avalara, it's a misconception to say, obviously, yeah, tax is important for compliance. Yeah, you need to do it. But at the same time, think about how it could affect the customer experience. It's a really good point because like we said um, at the beginning as well around kind of returns that sometimes it's cheaper to destroy the product than it is to kind of collect it and and bring it back uh, back home and if you know if your customer knows and we we heard about those instances where people were ordering stuff from the eu kind of you know maybe in the 12 months after brexit and the courier was was turning up with the parcel and the credit card machine to pay the 112 pounds of of duty that was owed on a product that was maybe you know worth the same and all those kind of say no i don't want it send it back and whatever um, yeah and chances are that customer yeah. yeah and that customer isn't going to buy that you know, it was very unlikely to buy from that merchant again knowing that actually they were under the impression it's going to cost them 100 pounds but actually you know the courier turned up and requested another 100 pounds of duty and, and the price has now doubled so not only has the customer now got kind of a negative experience, but now the merchant is left with a product that's, you know, made its way around Europe and, and is going to be come back to the um, to their uh, to their warehouse. 
Yeah, it's no different to a real life scenario. Imagine if you walked into a shop on the high street and you picked up a shirt and you took it to the till thinking it was £10 and then turned around and said, that'll be £20, please. You wouldn't be too happy, would you? I, I mean, I remember in the um, when I first started flying to the US kind of, I don't know, 30 years ago, but the prices that you kind of see in the on the shelves don't include the tax and, you know, North Americans yeah. are very good at maths because they do the calculations while they're queuing up to pay. But it kind of they, you know, you, we, we're used to having everything with with tax included. Um, whereas in other markets, it's tax exclusive because obviously it's calculated um, at yeah. the point of sale. But I, I agree, and I think this is just on that around kind of when you go into a shop and you pick something up and it's ten pounds, and then you know the cashier asks you for another ten pounds. Um, on top of that, there's been. I think sometimes merchants don't make that distinction, especially in in an age of where we've got kind of this, um, you know, kind of cross commerce where you can buy online, buy in store, buy on an app, buy on a marketplace, whatever. Um, you know, we're expecting this unified experience, you know, where the prices may be the same and the experience is the same and, you know, any taxes and so on. Um, so I think that's a really good point you make around um, you know, the customer experience because with everything a merchant should be doing, it's, I guess it's a bit like reading the book, you know, um, will it make the boat go faster or making the boat go faster that was written. It was all about kind of when, when the yeah. um, um, rowing team was training for the Olympics, every decision was, will it make the boat go faster? And merchants need to get into this mindset of saying, will it improve the customer experience? You know, might there might be a cost attached to the merchant to implement an app or, a, you know, code a feature or whatever it is. But if it constantly improves the experience, that will then lead to higher sales, high conversions, um, happier customers, uh, advocates, and so on. And it's amazing how many small tweaks you can make to a website um, with systems like Avalara that kind of say, look, you know, we'll give you the accurate or we'll give your customers the accurate um, product price, including taxes, depending where it's going. And you haven't got to worry about calling them back and say, well, we're miscalculated. Um, you need to pay us another, you know, fifty pounds, or you know, then the customer obviously receiving a product and then being asked to pay the duty for it. So yeah. then that's a really, really important takeaway from this conversation. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad it feeds into that, and because you know, I, I enjoy the e-commerce side of things because obviously I, I, I'm a consumer and I buy things online, and uh, obviously I, I look at how taxes taken into account. But generally speaking, I love all the the cool little features that you see now, like I was buying something online the other day and I was able to change the size when I was on the checkout page. I didn't have to go back into my order to change the size. And I just, I noticed that, I picked up on it. So, you know, whoever designed that feature and implemented it, thank you. Um, but yeah, I like all those little things. It certainly made the boat go faster and get me through checkout. So, it, yeah. you know, it's, it's good to see in action. Yeah, I mean, I've had this conversation like you know, shipping um, calculation comes at Shipper HQ, and it's like all this unsexy, boring stuff that you kind of think, but actually they're so critical in getting that conversion over the line. Uh, you can't uh, you can't underestimate it. Um, on, on the on the topic of of kind of cross border, so for merchants that may be evaluating it and saying, right, let's you know, because we're seeing at the moment, you know, um, cost of living crisis, inflation. Uh, disposable income down everything so sales are being hit i think no you know, we, we can all safely say that um you know the, the economy isn't um flourishing as as it was maybe a couple of years ago and, and speaking to merchants you know they're not necessarily struggling but they're you know they're seeing that it's it's there's a couple of clouds looming overhead so you know merchants think right how can we increase sales and and obviously one of the the quick ways is is to is, is to start selling internationally 
Have you got any advice or tips for merchants that are considering this avenue? Because it's not, it is not copy and paste. You know, you there's many yeah. other nuances around selling internationally, but from a from a tax perspective, like we've spoken about tax strategy, but what would you say to a merchant that's speaking to you and saying, I'm thinking of doing cross-border? At the moment, we only sell in the UK or only sell in the US, but now we're or in, in France. And now we're looking at selling internationally to increase our sales and, and our global reach. Yeah, it's a really good, really good question and spot on to say it's not copy and paste because I think there's, there's many moving parts to that conversation. And, and really... Working closely with my partners, I pick up on things that, you know, they publish on LinkedIn and or just, you know, day-to-day conversations with myself. You know, I pick up on the things that they'll address with merchants. You know, sh- should you expand internationally if you're not retaining the customers that you have in the UK, for example? So I'd say, look, it's, it's not a, a perfect fit for everybody. It might not be the right time. However, if you've got a niche product that's in demand somewhere else, then yeah, it makes sense. You know, we see at Avalara a lot of uh, heritage brands do really well in the US. They come to us because obviously they need help with compliance, but they've gone away and worked with other partners um, to do their market research and understand, you know, is it going to be worth it? And um, ultimately that decision's generally made before that they, they start talking to us. They might be doing a bit of background research uh, and start talking to us. But I'd say, yeah, work with um, the right agents to be partner who's got a track record for helping brands go international. I think, you know, you're going to learn more there. Um, and then obviously we'll help where we can. I um, I was reading one of the um, e-commerce groups on social media. Um, one of the merchants kind of was asking around um, applicate, kind of apps and tech partners that... Um, that could help them with, in essence, answer the questions that kind of tax calculation offers. They didn't want to invest, I guess, is the point I'm trying to make in working with an agency. A lot of them kind of try and cut that cost and save that money saying, well, I'll do it myself. I just need to kind of maybe pick up on two or three little things and that magic dust will then, you know. And when I I don't get too involved, um, but sometimes think you know you are again we spoke about earlier you're not investing in the right places like you you'll work with an agency sometimes to make some changes to your website and so on on the front end which are which are equally important but at the same time these things that kind of sit in the background and just you know maybe don't shout from the rooftops are equally important to get an expert in to make sure it's and maybe even more so because we're talking money here like if you're miscalculated tax on sales that you've done to a particular region and someone picks up on that you know it's not quick fix saying well we'll just you know implement some javascript like you've got to pay back some money and potentially a fine yeah i'd add you know when i've had that conversation in different ways in the past you'll say yeah look there is a cost for compliance there is a time investment up front there's a there's a cost investment but at the same time you know what's the cost of non-compliance you know when will you feel that you know, further downstream. So we don't want to take that approach and say, look, you know, the government authorities will crack down on you. You know, that's for the business to decide. But ultimately, I think compliance is one of those essential areas that, you know, you need to address it sooner rather than later and be proactive there. 
because if you grow to a certain size, then you know a small issue could have potentially got quite large. And like you say, you know, it takes quite a bit of work to, to rectify and, and cost and time. Um, and I, I see that all too often, really, with, with projects that we we're involved in. So I'd say to anybody listening, do have it at the forefront of your mind and do talk to your your agency partner about it if you're working with one. But yeah, in, in, ensure that it's addressed up front. And, and like I say, you know, the size of your company does not correlate directly to the complexity of your tax profile. You could be um, a very small company, but selling into somewhere like the US with a very complex tax regime. You could be a really big company just selling into the EU and you know, schemes like IOS, and it might be a bit more straightforward for you. On that, um, just kind of, a, I guess, a word to our merchants that are listening. It's quite easy to take for granted that you will improve the processes when you hit a particular milestone. Uh, I've got a merchant, they do over 5 million online and they're still managing products off an Excel spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. 5 million. And yeah. they haven't got like one or two products. Like They've got a fair number of products and it's just they've grown and it's not been a priority for them to implement a PIM. Um, and so, again, like you've, you know, you said, it might be that with tax that when they started, you know, selling on the website, doing half a million a year, they did it a particular way. And then they've had a couple of years of growth and now they're doing two and a half million and they're still managing tax the same way. And actually, they've kind of gone off on this tangent rather than maintaining that level of compliance that's needed, you know, had they invested at the beginning and you know i'm familiar with you know budgets being tight whatever but like we said you know what's the cost of not complying because that's probably going to be a lot lot more than the investment yeah and, and I, actually i think on a positive note awareness has grown you know just with some of the content that we provide to our partners which they circulate with their customer base you know and that could be through our accounting partners or e-commerce partners like yourselves or technology partners so I think the awareness is out there and there's you know, the documentation and so on. Um, and obviously a lot of best practices shared within e-commerce, particularly, mm. you know, webinars and podcasts like this. So um, I, I think, I, I'm, I'm, I hope I'm right in saying that, you know, the awareness is out there and uh, everyone has a bit more of a grasp on it. Um, and yeah. You know, there's there's many analogies you could spin for for tax. You know, it's the it's the crack on the windscreen that can get bigger, and you could go on all day. But essentially, yeah, I know I know you don't want to deal with it, but have a look at it. Talk to your, uh, your relevant partners about it, and um, you know the right Take right notes. systems in, in place. You, you'll be fine. Cool. Well, look as we um, kind of um, tie up today's. Um, episode one of the things that i think is really useful for our merchants is to get your perspective of of any trends that you're seeing again like i said you speak to a lot of agency partners maybe other tech partners as well other merchants um are there any changes you're seeing are there any trends that you're seeing something around the corner that maybe isn't so mainstream yet um and you'd be willing to share with our listeners specifically around international sales but if it's not necessarily around kind of you know international growth yeah, I, I think it's a point we touched on earlier is actually there's some, some real extra thought going into which regions are going to be in focus. I mean, going international makes sense for some brands, given what they sell. You know, we work with a number of um, 
fashion retailers from the Nordics, and they have a, a very particular look and appeal for the, the garments that they sell to the rest of the world. And because the Nordics is quite small, they have to go international at an early stage in their, um, in their development. So, you know, that makes sense for them. But yeah, I, I think uh, the trend is, you know, there is more consideration for companies to say, well, you know, maybe we need to capitalize on our, on our home markets first. It really depends on what's being sold. That's a really good point. I guess kind of it's, it's your, you know, go back to, to your total addressable market, like you say, in, in the Nordics specifically, or if, you're, if your market's fairly small, and that international growth is going to come at an earlier stage than maybe for a larger market like the UK or US, um, then it's really harnessing the the, the Avalara solution earlier so that you're set up for that growth, even though maybe your business isn't, isn't as ma- as mature as um as, as it would be for another for another market um Verena likes me to ask um our guest if kind of they'd mind sharing either the latest book that they've read or any podcasts that they listen to so yeah have you got anything you can that's a good question so in terms of books that would be relevant probably what are your not. books that you enjoy you know it's uh <laughs> mine are all like uh around war stories and things like that. So not relevant for the podcast um, or, or about sports and so on. But I think that's relevant for this. I mean, my, my LinkedIn feed is always really good. <laughs> my, my partners are always posting we'll link to. Real, real, real good gold in there. Um, and then platform, um, sorry, podcasts. I mean, James Gerd's re-platform podcast is really good. And we'll pull, yeah. Yeah. As well. really do. <laughs> um, but yeah. I listen to James as I learn a lot. He's really knowledgeable. Um, it helps me understand more about other tech and e-commerce. So, yeah, well yeah. done, James, on your podcast. <laughs> yeah, I listen to James's as well. I found oh, a lot of value in there. Yeah, so, um, yeah, hopefully he's listening to this one, getting some inspiration. really awkward moment. I was at an event. Um, it was one of those kind of rushed events. I was all over the place. Anyway, I'm just looking at this guy and I was like, I recognise you from somewhere. I couldn't put a name on it. Anyway, it's not so I was on the train home and I was like, oh, it was James. I was just, I was kind of staring at this guy saying, you look really familiar. But because I kind of really wasn't in the frame of mind for networking, just because I was going between places. And It'd be really weird if you were listening to his voice on the podcast at the same time. staring at you doing his mouth wasn't moving. Yeah. Well, we'll link to to your LinkedIn and to Avalara as well. Um, so yeah, if, if anyone kind of wants to get in touch, presuming that LinkedIn, um, is probably yeah. one of the best ways, um, avalara.com for the website. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. LinkedIn or my email is james.bright at avalara.com. Feel free to get in touch and be happy to help. Brilliant. Well, James, thanks very much for your time. It's been really yeah, interesting definitely. learning about tax genuinely. Um, and I think this is an episode that listeners should take note of because it's, it's fundamentally important. It's not an optional um you know kind of thing tax management tax compliant is is very very important and the bigger you grow which we hope all our merchants continue to grow the, the bigger that problem could become if it's not um if it's not addressed and, and managed early on so uh thank you very much for your time and insight yeah pleasure. Thanks for having again. yeah thanks really thank you very much thank you for listening to the big commerce podcast if you've enjoyed today's episode please leave us a review And if you'd like to listen to other episodes that might be of interest, you can do so on your favourite podcast platform or at www.thebigcommercepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, bye-bye.